Father, we thank you for this first day of the 40th year of the Southwest Believers Convention. And we honor you and praise you. And this morning, we dedicated this great convention center as a cathedral of of hope, a cathedral of faith. Praise God. And it has been cleansed the way Jesus cleansed the temple. It has been cleansed of every unclean spirit, every wicked, unclean idea of the devil. Glory to God. He has been bound. Every principality is bound. Every power, every ruler of the darkness of this world and every wicked spirit in the heavenlies. Bound up on earth. Therefore bound up in heaven. Glory to God. Until Saturday night, this is a healing place. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And as I mentioned this morning, all of the time allotted to me, the Lord has directed me to <clears throat> spend all this week uh, in the, the fundamentals of, of receiving healing. And actually, one of the big problems that people have is complicating it. It's not complicated at all. It, it's very simple. And, and we'll see these things. I will, I'll reiterate some of the things we said this morning. That healing belongs to us. Healing belongs to the United States. In fact, let's go over there and read that once again. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Well, it doesn't just belong to the United States. It belongs to any nation that will take it. But the United States is, is a unique nation. There's never been one like it before. It's the only nation in the history of this planet that was founded by a people who loved God and desired to worship Him in freedom. That makes it very, very unique. The Lord Jesus founded the nation of Israel because he loved them and went there and ministered there to them. But he appeared to Rose Weinert in a prayer meeting where they had been praying in the spirit for quite some time. And uh, I just have the witness in my spirit to read excerpt from the letter that she, that she wrote to Gloria and me. This was in uh, March of 2009. March of last year, I was with a small prayer group at Harvard. After worshiping and singing in tongues for a long period of time, I had a vision. In this vision, I was above the clouds looking across the expanse of the sky as when flying in an airplane. 
The sky was filled with bells that were ringing. There were myriads of them. Many of them looked like the Liberty Bell. I saw Jesus walking in the middle of those bells. Then the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, this is the only nation ever founded because people love me in the history of the world. I founded Israel because I love people and made them a great nation to bring forth Messiah, the Savior of the world. But the United States of America, America was founded because people loved me and sought to create a nation where they could have freedom to worship me. I will never forget that. When he said this, his voice broke up with emotion and you could hear that he was holding back the tears. Then he said, I'm going to move in a great spiritual awakening and I'm going to call this nation to myself. And that's what I saw in the spirit tonight. This, this, this is happening. This is coming to pass right now. And, um, Second Chronicles 7. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, if COVID-19 comes, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people... If my people, he didn't say the whole nation. He just said my people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. Well, my, my, isn't that what the Lord said there tonight? If they'll humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, listen to his will. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will heal their land. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. Well, the United States is a place where he has chosen to place his name. I, I never talk about this, but what I think about the first act of Congress in New York... Washington, D.C. didn't exist at that time, or at least as the, the, the capital, it was in New York City. And they left the place of inauguration, where George Washington was inaugurated as the first president of the United States. Then they walked down to the little chapel. It's there today. It survived 9-11. 9-11 happened right there. And that little chapel survived it. Amen. I mean, he crashed everything around, but not that little church. That's the birthplace of this nation. And they dedicated it to God. And George Washington, first president of the United States, and first the first thing this is this is bible um, law of interpretation first words then those words follow 
Those first words set the pattern. You'll notice that they'll set the pattern in your life. If you have a bad accident, what's the first word that comes out of your mouth? It, it will set what happens in the future out of that accident. The very first words come out of your mouth. What were the first words by the first president of this nation? You will be our God and we will be your people. You see, now to him, that was just a few days ago. Because to him, a day is as a thousand years. He's always in the now. He is still hearing that. He's still hearing that. He's still hearing that in his ears, in his heart. He's still hearing it. They're my people. I'm their God. They wanted me. They want me. And I'll never leave them nor forsake them. I don't care what happens to them. They're mine. And I love them, everyone. Hallelujah. That shoots a thrill through me. Praise God. Does it do you like that? Oh, it does me. Just thrills me. Praise God. Now, so the healing belongs to the nation. Healing belongs to the world. John 3, 16 and 17. Uh, Let's go over there and read it. And this morning, I went to the concordance. I have in, in my Bible, it's called the, the Blue Bible. A lot of you, any of you have that? that have? I, I really like that. And when you look up this word, it's just amazing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Saved. That word is sozo. Saved. It means soundness. It means deliverance from disaster. Well, you can understand somebody gets saved. Well, they get, they get delivered from the curse. They get delivered from hell and that disaster. That's being saved. That's well said. But it also means to being delivered from sickness and disease and calamity. So the, the Greek had no problem wondering whether or not it was God's will to heal. Because they read it in the same word. In the book of James, chapter, in the King James Bible. Is there any sick among him? Let him call for the elder of the church. They'll anoint him with all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Why didn't they say heal the sick? That's what they were talking about. They said sozo. (laughs) It'll heal the sick. Amen. Whosoever believe in his heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessed Jesus as the Lord, thou shalt be sozoed. Saved and healed, delivered, made sound. The classic amplified really says it well. Be made right with God and come into a a place of soundness and good health. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Healing belongs to the world. Because Jesus, God's gift to the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And then healing belongs to the body of Christ. 
Of course it does. Acts 10, 38. Let's turn over there and look at that. This one. Oh, my, my. Ten years after the day of Pentecost. Up until that time, it had been a Jewish church. And then Peter had an experience on a housetop. He was hungry and had a vision. And a, there was a great sheet let down. And he saw all these animals. And the Lord said, Peter, kill and eat. He said, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything uncommon and uh, or common. So... Anyway, he said, he, he directed him then to go to Cornelius' house, telling him, don't call unclean what belongs to me. He wasn't talking about eating food. Peter was thinking he was talking about the food laws of Leviticus. But no, he said, I want these people. <laughs> and so... And he had a, he had a, 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 a mighty experience and then he sent him to Cornelius' house. And this is the first record of Gentiles coming into the body of Christ. So he said, Peter in verse 34 opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Glory to God. This is when all the rest of us got in. And he said, In every nation, he that fears him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, or what Jesus preached, published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, what did he preach? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And I made mention of this morning, someone might say, but Brother Copeland, that was Jesus. No, it wasn't. It was God. Jesus, a man, anointed, going about doing good. What's doing good? Preaching, teaching, and healing. Amen. I said amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, healing belongs to the body of Christ. It's ours because Jesus is ours. It belongs to us. It not only belongs to us, the ministry of it belongs to us. And we've come way short of what Jesus said in the last chapter of the book of Mark. Turn there with me, please. Now, Jesus was not smiling when he said this. Most people read it, you know, going to all the way and preaching gospel and every creature. I want to read you something here. The last chapter, 16th chapter of Mark. Now there's only 16 chapters here. Sometimes you ought to just, you ought to just read this all the way through. Just read it in, in one day. Just 
Just read it and read it. Don't just run through it. Just read it and absorb it and flow with Jesus and meditate those words. I know I was reading and, and, if, and it says, and he was in the house. The house, not a house. It was his house in Capernaum. Well, that, oh goodness, I wrote, in, I wrote in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, everywhere it said Capernaum, I wrote home. I'm beside it. That's where he lived. That was his headquarters. He got run out of Nazareth. Well, and besides that, in the book of Matthew, it, it prophesied that he would move to Capernaum. Now, this 16th chapter, I want you to look at this. Verse 14, afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said, you go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned or condemned. Now that's simple enough. He that believes shall be saved. (laughs) He that believes not shall be condemned. These signs shall follow them that believe. Didn't say these signs will follow the the preachers or the ministries. It's just the believer. These These are believer signs. These are believer signs. Well, you see, Brother Copeland, that worked for the Apostle Paul because he was an apostle. No, it didn't. It worked for him because he's a believer. And in the 13th chapter of the book of Acts, there were five men there in the church at Antioch, including Barnabas, beginning with Barnabas and ending with Saul. Prophets and teachers. Now, it's, it's pretty obvious that um, Barnabas was a teacher and Saul, or Paul, uh, was a prophet. But then you come, you just, just continue to read, and it says, And the apostles, Barnabas and Paul. Then there was the deacon Philip. Then he is called later an evangelist. So he was promoted. But what's first? They're believers first. We're believers first. That's our job and definition of our responsibility. And it's, it's extremely important to know that these things don't happen and these things don't work as rewards. Oral Roberts had to have surgery a number of times on his shoulders. Well, I just don't understand that. He laid hands on all those people. And they were healed. Yeah, he did. But healing's not a reward. Healing has to be received. 
And there are things that happen in the life of a preacher, in the life of a pastor, in the life of someone in the, you lay hands on two million people, you're going to foul up your shoulders. Amen. Well, couldn't God just do a miracle and fix that? Well, of course he could. Amen. Yeah. But that's not what the Lord told him to do. The surgeon was ready, willing, and able, and a godly man. And he fixed his shoulders for him. Isn't that good? Praise God. Hallelujah. So I want you to see that these, these things are a matter of faith and believing and walking in that. Now, I, uh, I had things happen to me that had I obeyed God wouldn't have happened. Yet, as I went forward in what I was doing, what I was teaching and preaching, getting a, a lot of results, but I was in disobedience to God. He told me to start walking and don't stop. I started walking and quit. I was way too heavy, which was in disobedience to him. He told me to do something about that, and I didn't do it. <laughs> but you see, I was busy. Uh-huh. That's an excuse. He said, start walking and don't stop. I went a while and then quit and went a while longer and then quit. He kept energizing me and bumping me into doing that. And, and I kept quitting and not paying any attention to him. And so he just waited. And I'd notice over time there would be people that would talk to me about jogging and about working out. I don't want to hear that. Now, I overbooked myself all the time and that was my fault. I was working, but I wasn't working smart. Well, my, my disobedience paid off in, in 2004 after the Believers Convention. And a disc blew up in my back, knocked me in the floor, and I couldn't get up, screaming and hollering. And I, I knew it. I knew it when it happened. The devil didn't do that to me. I did it to me. But, make a long story short, I'm pain free. Don't wait until you're 80 years old to decide to obey God. Do it now. <laughs> Please do it now. But my, my point was and is being a believer is first. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.